Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm Tyler Hines, and I'm in some of these Hallmark movies and appreciate all of your points of views. <laughs> and this <laughs> is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Boy, oh, oh man, isn't it a good day? It's a special to, day. Uh, I don't know, be alive. I would say that. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive. I can think of a few reasons. One, we just had a delicious lunch. We did. It was really good. And that's always a good reason to be alive. Two, getting to hang out with my boys. Getting to hang out with my friends. That's right. That's another good reason. But the real reason why today is worth living for. (laughs) You really did it here. It's because Tyler Hines is with us. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, my friend. Happy to be here. Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year, 2020, boys. Big wow. Year. Tyler, you uh, you told us beforehand you're a huge fan of the podcast. Which episode do you think is your favorite of all of them? So far, this one, I have to say, is maybe my top one. Yeah, <laughs> this is a good one. And we're only a few seconds in, and so that's really impressive. I love how good. Tyler is is not letting down the Canadian stereotype. He respects all of our viewpoints yeah, uh, right. right out of the gate, right. which that's I think right. is I'm wonderful. Neutral. That's right. I'm uh, neutral. Tyler, are you a New Year's resolution boy? And if so, what is your resolution? That's a good question. I haven't come up with a New Year's resolution this year. Um if I were to, it would probably be something profound and boring. So we'll probably just uh, go without the New Year's resolution, just in case I don't live up to it. How about it. New Year's resolution? Uh, join join the boys on Deck the Hallmark every week and just That's give right. us a life update. <laughs> How about this? Whenever you guys want to have me, I will be right there. Wow. Wow. this guy. So How be honest. Is 2020 going to be your year? You're the, the year, year of the Heinz? I mean, this last year has been pretty fun. I got to say, I was lucky enough to work with some really great people as well as be able to work a lot with some close friends of mine, which has been really fun. So hopefully 2020 will, will be more of that. Now, Tyler, on Twitter, um, there's a couple things I have to ask you about. And then we're going to dive. We're going to do a deep dive and we'll, we'll let you tell us about how you got into acting. Um, first of all, hashtag Heinies. That's a, that's a yes. new one for me. Uh, are you aware of the Heinies? Do you, do you communicate with the Heinies on a regular basis? How important are those? Who's your, your favorite Heine? What's the top Heine? <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, one, I am aware. Two, I am a fan. Three, somebody created this and bless their hearts. They've been killing it and running with it ever since. And four, my favorite Heine um, would have to be Ruth Hill because I'm terrified that I will upset her and (laughs) she is my queen. We're not entirely sure. Savior, and she tells me what to do. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, you sped up there for a second. Um, and then sec- oh, okay, okay. second of all, on Twitter, there is an account that's Tyler Hines shirts. And it, that's the account. Mm-hmm. It's Tyler Hines shirts. And I, I want to know, like, how did that you're, you're running that account, right? Like, that's you're, you. Like, like, you're, like, <laughs> right now, like, if they look at this podcast, you're wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt. Is this like, does this every day they just go, Henley? sweater v-neck like what what's going on there like do you how weird is it to wake up every day knowing that there's an account out there that is tyler hines shirts someone's going to screenshot this it's going to be on the account (laughs) well one it's my mom thanks mom i appreciate all your support no i don't know who started that i don't know who the person is behind the account it's very funny very fun to watch i guess it started out of uh the fact i think that's the first one i just found it so funny that 
when I do the wardrobe fittings for these things, there is a lot of Henley talk. I wasn't <laughs> even aware what a Henley was until I did one of these movies. And so I became abundantly aware uh, of, of what a Henley was and the sweaters and how important they are to these movies. And I just kind of found it a little bit funny and fun. And I thought at the end of these movies, why don't I just give them away? Cause sometimes I walk away with some of the clothes, I started taking some of the clothes, um, thankfully from the wardrobe allowing me to do that and giving it away to fans. Um, I spoke to Ruth and I thought, Hey, wouldn't that be a great idea? And she said, I'll organize it. And so, uh, she does like this contest, every movie, um, and people can chime in with comments or, 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 uh, their opinions on things. And, and she'll pick at random a winner to be able to get one of these Henleys and I'll ship them all off. So I think that's sort of how the Henley shirt shirt account started. Oh, so it's just Henleys. <laughs> I mean, it's not Henley. I mean, it depends. The last movie in Vale, there was talk about the fact that I wore too many Henleys in the one prior. So this one was going to be more crew neck, less Henley. That's right. So this one is, we got one Henley, one crew neck, a couple of scripts. So I think that's what we did this you, year. You mean to tell me you're never just skateboarding with your bros wearing a Henley? Is that what you're saying? I, you know, I, I haven't kept any of the Henleys after the movie. <laughs> I think I might have one, but I think I gave the the one I kept to uh, a teacher who uh, taught me in elementary school. Who was a fan of the movie, so I sent I'm sending that one off soon. So uh, you're wearing I don't, I don't a have any. you're wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt. What's your, the best shirt? Your ba- best like graphic tee you've got? Is that the best oh, one? This, That's this the is it for sure. I, I wear three shirts essentially. <laughs> two of them are Harley shirts and the other one is this one and yeah. I get the most comments on this shirt. Yeah. I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. You can, can you just uh, pose. Can you pose for a picture for the people? There you go. There it is. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's going to be on the account and right there. Tyler, you can send that to P.O. Box 6603 <laughs> Greenville, South Carolina. That's where you can yeah. send it. Yeah, we'll take I that. I will never depart <laughs> with this one, that's for sure. You shouldn't. Uh, let's dive into your world. You were a child once, um, from what I've gathered. Uh, what was yeah. that kind of like? Uh, what was what was little Tyler Hine, little Heine? What was he into as a kid? Where did the love of acting come from? Was it Early on, did it kind of happen later in life? Uh, what were you like as a kiddo? Uh, kid, loud, maybe obnoxious, a little bit uh, distracted. And how I started doing acting is uh, I uh, I got a discount. My parents had humble beginnings, and uh, we had a discount at a theater company here in Toronto, Canada, where I was born. And they stuck me in it just to get rid of me in the summer for two weeks because I, I probably was terrible to be around. And um, I started, uh, I did a play with them, a professional play uh, when I was seven and I got paid and I uh, got people to cry and that was wildly enjoyable to me for some sick reason. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of kept doing it after that. And I, I, I continued through elementary, high school and um, just kind of did it uh, along with life. And uh, yeah, at a certain point, I kind of had to understand that this is what I do and and I should probably be better at it. What, there's what lots of the, ways that you can make someone cry, and I think acting yeah. is the nicest way. What's the name of the play when you were seven years old? That, what was the name? It was it was a Christmas Carol. Oh, Ooh. you Tiny Tim? Yeah. I was ti- I was like five uh. characters as well as Tiny Tim. I had a huge lisp, 
So at the end of every play, it was God bless us, everyone. <laughs> I mean, who's not crying who's there? Not crying? Come on, <laughs> little Heine saying God bless mm, us, everyone. Uh, I'm tearing up just now. <laughs> I'm tearing up just thinking about, about it. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we, this is just a, a selfish question. We just recently went to the theaters and watched Cats together. Um, <laughs> oh no! Have you seen it? Have you ever been in Cats? Because I like to think that you're a jellical cat and that you're doing jellical cat things. So have you ever been in Cats? Oh, sorry to crush your dreams, but that Ugh. is a beautiful one that you have. Um, but no, I, I haven't seen Cats. I didn't see the play. Uh, I'm terrified of that idea in general. Um, <laughs> in musicals, I started doing them when I was a kid, and I remember them being really cool. And I think the ones that I did were cool. I could be wrong, but I've seen some <laughs> since. And some on Broadway, and it's not entirely my cup of tea. So Cats in the theater sounds like... Yeah. Yeah, we did it for um, our Patreon account, Tyler. We didn't actually want to see it. Yeah. We did it as well, a... Well, no, we did want to see it. It was a goal. Was uh, a but if I understand right, you were, I think, in the running to be the the first uh, Alexander Hamilton and Hamilton, and Lindman will beat you. So I think I think he has a future. <laughs> yeah. I think he has a future in musicals. Lindman will wrote the part for himself, but yeah. he's like, that Tyler Hines. <laughs> Boy, I see he's who does smoke it better. show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's too good. Uh, so, Tyler, when did you – was it at seven or was it later on in elementary high school where you got a, a professional acting role and you went, I'm going to do this as a career? Like, wh when was that? Well, the first thing I did was like I like I was a union member at, at seven years old. Wow. I was doing two shows a day. I was getting um, paid reasonable, especially for me being broke and um, as a seven year old. And uh, <laughs> those uh, bills when you're seven, tons, tons of money. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I started like professionally like right away. One of the first things I ever auditioned for was one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Billy Madison. Yeah. I did seven callbacks for that movie wow. and uh, it went to the other kid. And I remember meeting Adam Sandler um, at seven. But I've tried harder to get that job. I, I lost it to the other guy. But yeah, no, I started I started working professionally when I was seven. So and sort of kept doing it. That Adam Sandler did seven callbacks for the kid role. Like most of his movies on <laughs> Netflix, he doesn't do seven looks at his draft. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen uncut gems yet? oh it's so good yeah, it's amazing it's so good have you uh, seen it no i haven't he crushes it. rally people yeah i can't <sighs> wait to see this movie the safety brothers are, are incredible yeah, good time with it. robert pattinson was great he's but sandler crushes it in it he's so good in it for amazing. sure amazing Awesome. I, I want a Hallmark version of Uncut Gems. There's no I'll way to make it. it. <laughs> I'll, watch, I'll watch that. It's literally opening credits and closing credits. That's yeah. all it is. And that's really I'll, I'll, pitch it to, I'll pitch it to Hallmark. We'll yeah. make that happen. They I said like it, it was possibly the most F-words in a, a feature film. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. There's over 500 F-words really? in Uncut Gems. Congrats. Yeah. No, no. It's like five a minute. Think about that. That's impressive. That's hey, getting it done. Man, it just sounded like another day at the office Tyler, right here. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, Tyler's like challenge accepted, man. <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can pull that off at a home market. Yeah. So, 2020. So what, uh, what led you from professional actor age seven paying the bills to the world of Hallmark? Uh, it started... Um, the first one I did, I got a call just a couple of days before we shot it. It was a movie called It's Christmas Eve with Leanne Rimes. And from what I understand, uh, I wasn't part of that conversation, but I understand that Leanne uh, picked me um, specifically. I don't think I was really on their radar. Um, and Leanne had suggested me and they were kind enough to uh, 
say yes. And uh, they gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to do it. And two days later, I was shooting a Hallmark movie, my first one. And I have two two buddies um, who do them. Brandon Elliott is, is a good friend of mine and uh, Andrew Walker, who's uh, married to my cousin. So I immediately called them and asked them what the heck I was getting myself involved. Yeah. Wow. Brennan and we've had both Brennan and Andrew on the show multiple times, Tyler. So you got to yeah. catch up. Have you tried <laughs> Andrew's uh, juice yet? Have you tried Little West juice? Of course. Of course. I've tried it when it was clover juice back in the day. Uh, we oh, don't, we wow. Don't, we don't talk about cut. those days. Yeah. We don't talk mm. about them. Um, now I understand um, that. Uh, so she, she calls you and she says, I want this guy. Uh, you do. It's Christmas Eve. And it was kind of a new world. I can imagine it's a new world. Did Leanne know you? Did Leanne? Yeah. No, I, okay. I, don't, I don't think she knew me at all. I think maybe I was on a list somewhere or somehow my name came up. I don't know how. Um, you have to ask her. But yeah, the, that first one happened. And then by the end of that, again, it was like two days before we started shooting that I got the call. I was literally driving my motorcycle in L.A. And um, my agent tried to explain it to me over the phone while I was driving the bike. And I just kind of gave up and... <laughs> Asked my mom to read the script because she said something about singing and I was terrified of that idea. So I asked my mom to read the script and make sure I wasn't going to be singing in this thing. And uh, and then we went and we did it. And um, it was a really great experience. I loved it. I, Leanne was incredible. The whole cast and crew were very, very sweet. Hallmark was very, very sweet and kind to me. And, uh, and that was kind of that. And then they called me again right afterwards for another one. Had you had you seen a Hallmark movie before shooting the this movie, or was it your first kind of experience even in that world? Yeah, I I was completely unaware mm-hmm. um, of the movement and sensation that is Hallmark. I had never seen a movie. I don't even know that I've even heard too much about it. Um, it just sort of wasn't in my in my realm. But uh, yeah, I. I I did the first one and Leanne too. Like she, she's not like uh, deep in that world either. So she didn't really give me the ropes. It was, it was Taylor Cole really kind of broke it down for me, explained why the water was so warm. And I was like, okay. So she was kind of the, that movie we went to the TCAs, which is their big event in LA. And I got to meet a lot of very nice people. And I very quickly became abundantly aware how sweet everybody is and how nice of a family it's to be a part of. So you did a ton of TV work uh, and film work really before Hallmark. Um, pretty much a regular on a ton of TV shows. If you look him up on IMDb, the filmography's a uh, pretty long list. Anything that sticks out to you as a memorable experience or a fun story from any of those particular ventures? One of the movies I did when I was like, I think 15 or 16 was about uh, a kid named Jonathan Wambach. It was a true story about a kid who had been beaten into a coma Mm -hmm. and came out uh, with physical disabilities and had to learn how to eat, walk, talk again. And I played him in a movie and it was very challenging. And uh, the response to the movie was very good. Uh, um, People seemed to really appreciate it. They were even showing it in schools and things like that years afterwards. That was a very rewarding experience simply because I got close with the family and Jonathan and he became a really good friend of mine. Mm. That one will always sort of stick with me um, simply because of that experience. So I would definitely say that. And then recently, you know, doing Letter Kenny with my buddy, uh, Jared Kiso, who's one of my good friends. That was a lot of fun too. So I, anytime I can work with my friends, it's really, really pleasurable. Nice. Yeah. What about, what about an audition that you just, a role that you thought you were going to get, you didn't get, or an audition that just went terrible. That just was a bad audition. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite movies 
of all time is There Will Be Blood. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. So good. Yeah, yeah. And so I was a huge Paul Thomas Anderson fan and a Daniel Day-Lewis fan. And There Will Be Blood, uh, they asked me to audition for the role that Paul Dano plays in the movie. Yeah, and um, it was incredible. The script was, I mean, it's just, it's, it was something that I was obviously very much wanted to be a part of. And I, I had never done like acting lessons and I, I had done some coaching with a specific coach that people had uh, recommended and said was very, very good. Cause I wanted to be a hardworking actor and do my due diligence. And, um, it just went so sideways. The casting director couldn't have been sweeter. She cleared her schedule. Like I was alone in the audition waiting room. She gave me time to, prepare we went in and did it and i was just so grooved in to what i had rehearsed with my acting coach this acting coach that i had uh, used just for that one time which was the wrong choice to make and it just went so sideways that i couldn't get out of it and i haven't used an acting coach since. Wow. <laughs> that is quite the story wow. man paul, yeah, paul dano is incredibly memorable in that film so is it was it a tough watch is it a tough to watch there will be blood well no i mean he I, obviously the first time I watched it, I was, I was probably a little bitter and, and thought some choices had, could have been different. But, uh, the story behind that is somebody else had been cast for that role. And apparently a few days into the shooting, I guess there was some, uh, I don't know, trouble or some last minute decisions that Paul Thomas Anderson made to basically replace that actor. Uh, I don't really know why, but it came up that Paul Dano, uh, was a, a good option, I think, from Daniel Day-Lewis because he worked with him just prior to that. And so he got the call and came in and ended up playing that role. But I don't think it was originally supposed to be him. Wow. wow. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Man. Yeah. I, I imagine, I'm not I'm not an actor. I just host a podcast. And <laughs> I imagine acting's really hard because of stories like that where you audition for something, you think it's going to happen, it doesn't happen, you see it and you're like, this is amazing. I wish that was me. But then you got to keep working and you got to keep auditioning. What what is your kind of uh, I guess what do you do how do you how do you get past the disappointment of not getting a job and going on to the next thing and the next thing after that do you have kind of something that you have to te- uh, tell yourself do you just kind of have to get over it what's kind of been your thing over your career to get you to keep going and keep auditioning well one I've been on the other side of the camera enough um, in things that I'm directing or producing and I've had. I hate casting things because there is nothing more painful than to watch people come in and like really kind of swing for the fences on something and then have them not get that job for reasons that have nothing to do with them. And so I've been a part of that so much and been the one making those decisions that I know abundantly that there are 99 reasons why someone will or will not get the job. And, you know, a very small portion of that most of the time is how well they performed in that audition room. So I understand that very well. So it doesn't really bother me too much. Um, also, it helps when you're working and you're already uh, making money. That definitely <laughs> helps when you're, when you're broke and you're not getting any jobs. It definitely hurts a little more. But if you have um, a few things going, it, it makes it a lot easier to sort of just let go and focus on the things that are in front of you. Have you ever been offered something that you turned down and then later went, man, I can't believe I turned down this role? 
No, I'm not nearly that cool yet. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I hope to have that regret. I don't. I, I don't know that I have. I wasn't going to ask it, but after the "There Will Be Blood" story, I felt like I had to. Like maybe, maybe you just yeah. had been offered something else, and you just were like, "Nah, I'll pass." <laughs> no, the only time I've had something similar to that is I had five jobs booked at one time, wow. and I had to turn down two or three. I think by the end of it, I did two jobs out of the five that I'd booked because of conflicting dates and then people back uh, pulling out the last minute. And I had lost other really good opportunities because of something that had booked me, but then they changed. Their, it's like, that's the only sort of agonizing experience that might be similar to that. But no, I'm not turning down jobs and regretting it because it's massive if they offer me a, <laughs> so if you a weren't massive acting, job, I'm taking it. If you weren't acting, what, what would you want to do with your life? Um, I mean, all of my friends are Masons. My dad's a Mason. My brother's a Mason. They have a masonry company. Um, so working with bricks yeah. and exteriors of buildings and stuff. And so, uh, I've always kind of done that here and there, um, just to help friends or to just sort of be around, uh, my family. And I would probably be doing what one of my best friends is doing, which is having a masonry company and, and now buying and flipping houses. I think I would probably be doing that or music. It I is, love music as well. It's amazing to me how many of the Canadian actors we have on who said they used to work construction or woodwork construction or yeah. masonry or something like that. Like it is wild. It's, it's I, it. Paul Campbell. Like he still does construction when he's not working. I'm pretty sure Andrew Walker said something about like, it seems like all of you guys. We got so much bad weather here that there's just a lot of construction that needs to be done. Yeah. So that's probably why. Is it nice to shoot like near your home? Like when you shoot these movies in Canada, are they near your hometown at all? Or do you still have to travel a good, good deal? No, they're all in Vancouver. Um, the last one we did was in Calgary and Vail, Colorado. So that was um, still far. I haven't shot anything. No, and none of the hallmarks have been uh, – in around Toronto or Ottawa, where my family's from, it's all been uh, Vancouver, pretty much. What yeah. did it take some uh, getting used to on your end when you go up to this first movie uh, with Leanne, and it's fourteen days and it's fast? Did that take some getting used to? Like, did it, like I know you called your boys and asked them for advice. Did they give you any? And were you able to? Did you adapt pretty quickly to the the how quickly they do things on these Hallmark movies? Yeah, I kind of. Uh, I understood that that was going to be the challenge simply just because of the schedule. And then if you look at the script, you obviously know what the work is ahead of you. Um, I had a, produ a producer buddy of mine um, who had worked at Hallmark and done a bunch of these movies and uh, now produces them as well. He explained it to me one time of that. He's like, there's, I, uh, he explained to me that essentially that there is a, a somewhat of a shorter list for guys who are capable of doing these movies because some actors do get overwhelmed with the sheer volume of um, work that needs to be done in the time frame that we have and the sort of um, lack of prep or uh, there's just a lot of things in these movies that, that make it a, a sort of physical challenge and uh, a logistical challenge to achieve. And so um, I think I understood that pretty quick um, and have definitely gotten better at, uh, finding ways to navigate that while trying to keep the quality as high as I possibly can. Yeah. I, I think, uh, in talking to people that work on these movies, there's, you know, there's a different rhythm. And a lot of that is, is they don't do a bunch of takes. I mean, you got to do all these different scenes, your different locations, you're, you know, doing a feature film in 14 days. Um, did, are you a guy that, that 
that likes to ask for more takes? And if so, is this something you had to get used to? You seem like a guy that's like, whatever. I'm just curious in watching the first one after you filmed it. Um, is it different than watching a TV show where you're like, okay, it's a procedural. It took place in this building. I know the choices they were made or watching a film where you got a bunch of takes and you don't know which one is going to show up. Um, what was it? What was your experience watching yourself in your first Hallmark movie? Like, I mean, it, it's, it's tough. Um, the, yeah, there isn't room for tons of takes. Um, like Terry Ingram, who did the last two movies uh, with me, um, I love him to death. He's a great director and he doesn't do very many takes. And I love that. Like usually I just do one and if he's got what he needs, he'll just say, uh, you're good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm always good. And I like that rhythm. It's, it's um, they do that in, in big features as well. Like, um, like Clint, um, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Clint Eastwood doesn't do a lot of takes no. and even Spielberg on some of his movies, he, he moves at a pretty relentless pace that, um, a lot of, people who are making these films aren't used to obviously it's more time than we have on these hallmark movies but but, but um yeah i i personally just like to like, come in prepared and sort of uh, get it done quick and loose and happy and fun and sort of keep the energy raw and uh, and real once you sort of figure out where everybody is and what's going on so i i, I love that rhythm and no, i definitely don't ask for a lot of takes I'm interested in kind of your uh, how you go into a movie and how much of it is I'm going to do this. Hallmark movies they're all they're all kind of similar in nature, and the yeah. guys are all kind of similar, and the girls are all kind of similar. Um, do you do you um, kind of hang out with whoever the actress is and adapt your character to who she is, or are you kind of I'm going in? It's a Hallmark movie. I'm going to do my thing and say the lines, and I know that it's really not all about me. Kind of, what's your uh, philosophy going into these movies as far as getting ready and preparing? That's a very good question. Um, nobody's really asked me that, but um, that's a good question because um, they are their own specific thing, and and you can sort of come in from the onset and have the point of view or approach of like, okay, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of words to say. There's not a lot of time when we get on these sets to really sort of figure out and finesse and try to make something. So let's just try to be charming and happy and look at each other doe eyed and, and, and be that way and just get our way through it. Um, which is not a bad approach. It's, it's definitely uh, a way to survive and, 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 hopefully make something that just overall feels nice and, and warm and charming. But my approach, I'm, I'm not sure how other people do it. I, I do it differently. I very early on after the first one, because it was so quick, maybe the first one was a little bit of that, what you were saying. But after the first one, I, I decided, uh, I wanted to treat these things, um, like, like I would anything, incredibly important i I really wanted to sort of because you you have a beginning middle and end you have a character you can make an arc you can do all the things you do in other movies um and the fact that we do kind of know where they end up or that they all sort of have maybe somewhat of a familiar rhythm to them um adds an element uh, of it that makes it a bit of like a sport it's like how do we make this one fresh or or how can i twist this or or make these characters feel different in their sort of overall energy as opposed to like i you know i can't come in with like a prosthetic nose or (laughs) dye my hair blonde you know what i mean i I would love to be able to you know transform more from each character to each character but it just doesn't really um allow for that so my approach has been um just try to find as much of the dynamics as you can and feed those things and not 
treat it as just some sort of charming light thing, but try to find something a little bit more fun and deeper. And then, um, and then hopefully as we keep going with these, uh, do more that can show a bit more range between characters, I think would be the hope. So, uh, which of the Hallmark characters that you've played has been your favorite because of maybe a dynamic that you were able to bring into the role or maybe a, a story or the arc or whatever, uh, which one? Um, that's a good question. I liked the last one a lot. It was a really fun circumstance because it was Lacey, who is an incredible human being. She's incredibly kind and sweet and sincere. I, I felt like I learned a lot from her just in her sincerity. There's times where we're doing scenes where I was just looking at her and saying, you're just such a genuine person, and maybe I should stop trying to be funny and just be a sincere person like <laughs> Um, so there was a few times I, I learned a bit from her in that regard. And also it was fun to have Terry Ingram, who was our director, back right after having done a movie with him. That was the first time I'd worked with the same director twice. And Terry um, is one of my favorites. I think he's super talented. I love his rhythm and how he shoots. And so I think that whole combination um, mixed with the experience of going to Vail uh, made the last one maybe my favorite one. So, Tyler, in the last answer, you said something about being funny. Uh, and here's the thing. Hallmark movies aren't funny. Like, I think we're both <laughs> on the same page there. Uh, and I I, I I say that as a joke, but also, like, we had a writer tell us off, you know, off the record that basically – they wrote a movie one time and the, the people came back and said, this is too funny. Like there's a, there's a desire in these formulas to make sure that the humor, like you can have something that's cute and charming, but just like belly laugh funny is not going to take place in these movies. Having said that in the last two movies that you've been in for the network, winter and veil mistletoe secret, particularly mistletoe secret, people have, have commented that your delivery uh, your your sarcasm has really worked in, in a in a comedic capacity, and so maybe they were laughing at Kelly Pickler. I don't know, but I I do think like there's something too. I'm, you're not gonna don't comment. Don't worry. Just act like it didn't happen. Um, I do think there's something too like your delivery of lines and, and, and it is like, it gets chuckles out of us. I don't ever laugh at these. Have movies. you gotten any notes? Like, yeah, positive or negative from executives about your delivery and the funniness of them. Well, I'll explain that to you. First of all, don't ever come for my girl, Kelly Pickler, okay? <laughs> Kelly Pickler's a G, all right? It's my girl. Um, <laughs> Smart man. That, that being said, um, <laughs> yes, the, 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 the thing is with these movies, which I realized very early on, which, again, is why I'm such a fan of them and why I'm such a fan of the execs at Hallmark and the decision-making that they're making. I think what they're doing is incredibly smart. I think it's incredibly uh, smart business-wise. I think it's incredibly smart entertainment-wise. And that is, because I watch now with these live tweeting sessions, with these movies, people's reactions and what they say. And essentially, the idea is we want to have a, a place where people don't have to be triggered in mm -hmm. any way. We want people to just have a nice, safe place to be for an hour or two. And I think that that is an incredibly uh, noble pursuit. I think it's a worthwhile pursuit. And I think it's something that we can absolutely do while still having emotion, while still being funny, while still being sweet, while still being romantic. But it's a very, very delicate balance. It's something that I've had to sort of um, calibrate as I've gone. And then watching the movies, I kind of see what lands and what follows through. I see people's reactions. 
And I think I'm getting better and better at it where I'm able to do more and have it actually stay in the movie, which is a very delicate balance because every actor wants to come in and they want to be funny or they want to be um, emotional and they want to be angry or sad when they're sad and mad when they're mad. But again, it's like, these are a specific um, experience. And if you understand that experience, you can calibrate it just so much um, in the right way where it can just enhance the experience and not take away with what we're trying to achieve um, as an experience for these audience, which is not being triggered and having a nice, safe yeah. place. Um, so I think, yeah, it's it's really nice to see that. And, and Mistletoe's secret was specific because the dynamics between all the characters, right. me and Terry were talking about this on the last one because we did that one together, uh, the director, um, because the dynamics were so wacky, like the it could have been very bad. Like, yeah. you know, the other... Um, the other character, him being the way he is and Kelly reacting the way she is and me being a writer and be disgruntled or, or whatever it is. It's like there there are so many dynamics in there that could have been very bad if they were not appropriately handled. Yeah. Um, and but in that, uh, because the dynamics were so rich, the possibility was there to really handle it right, which I think we did a pretty good job and it made it more funny. Well, yeah. I think made it a bit more dynamic. Watching that movie, like your character's be- mistletoe secret, your character's best friend is the worst best friend on the planet. Yeah. Like no right. one would have this guy as a best friend. And I, I do think that you playing that for laughs, like, and, and being snide and sarcastic really worked. Whereas we don't get to see that right, a lot. Right. In lots of, time, lots of times the best friend's just not a good person. And yeah. that person just lets it happen. Whereas with you, there was, that was one of the, the it was the best thing about that movie. Yes. Was the dynamic between you and your best friend and how, listen, you, you know that your best friend is not a good person. <laughs> you're giving them, you're giving them stuff right back. And so that dynamic was so much yeah. fun. And we talked about it on the podcast and also just reading the comments from our Patreon community. They love that dynamic. And so I, that, that you, you figured it out correctly in that case, because it could, it, yeah. it's definitely that, that fine line between, uh, you know, having a friend and, and, and talking crap to one another and then just, and then going over the top, which you, which you, because did. no Hallmark lead is going to be the smart Alec cracking wise, all Always has the last, you know, the last laugh, the last word. No Hallmark male lead is ever going to be that. And so I just thought that was the the outstanding part of that movie. But and I'm, I'll let you comment in a second. We've been talking a while. But in Winter in Vale, you managed to have a little of that undertone. Is that just who Tyler Hines is? Like, is that easy to bring to the set? Well, I mean, I'm absurd in real life. <laughs> like, like it's it's not it, when you do these movies when I get a script, I go like, where's the fun going to come? Like what's, what's valuable about this story. That's maybe different from the last one. And then like mistletoe secret, you go, Oh my goodness, these dynamics maybe don't make sense. And like, this guy is so terrible. Why is he still my friend? And there's all kinds of things you can kind of come up with that uh, are problems. But as soon as you start turning them on their head and going, okay, well, I have friends who are incredibly you know, obnoxious or, or, or self-centered, but I still love them because it's not coming from a malicious place. And to Chris's, um, uh, credit, the other actor, he played it just the right way. And when I showed up and I saw him start speaking, I was like, Oh, good. You're doing that. Perfect. That means I can do this. And to your question earlier too, about like, when I go to these sets, do I sort of watch what other actors are doing and sort of find ways to accommodate? That's a hundred percent what I do how I approach everything is I 
kind of try to figure out what it is about this thing that is valuable. Um, what is it that makes it sort of special um, and where to focus my attention. And then when I show up, I, the first thing I do is take the temperature of the room for every scene. I, we sort of do a blocking, which is where we all sort of stand and say the words. And I am never the guy who's not looking at his paper. I, I have my paper cause I'm busy watching everybody else and what they're doing. So then I go, Oh, this person's doing that. They're, that's where he's coming from. You know, in, in, um, Vale, when they're in Vale, the, my, the Greg who played my dad, was so good, was so dialed in on being this like kind of downtrodden working man in just the right way that I was like, as soon as he started speaking in the first scene, I turned to Terry. I was like, who is this guy? Where He's doing this. You're going to let him do this the whole movie. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, amazing. My job's done. Now he is the rep. He's the heart of this entire movie. He is why we're doing everything. So now my adjustment becomes, I don't have to try to yuck it up the whole movie. I don't have to try to, you know, find things that are going to make this movie entertaining. Greg being the heart of the movie as an audience, you now go, I care for this guy. I care for this circumstance. I want them to win. And that leaves room for me to be less sarcastic and more sincere. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you kind of, you just kind of adjust to the elements that are present, whether it's in the script, what's, important about the script when the actors show up and start doing their thing what are they doing and then you you adjust accordingly and all of those sort of little calibrations you do along with you know not too funny not too snarky not too mean not too mean-spirited you know what i mean all yeah. in the right yeah. way that's how you can tr- you, you squeeze out inches on these movies oh, yeah. which has been did, a fun challenge did you uh did you ever have something in one of the last two movies that was just great it killed with the cast and crew it was really funny and then they just didn't put it in the movie you were just like um uh no i think I feel like There's he's got an answer I, and he's not telling us. That's what I feel like right now. <laughs> well, I haven't. So the, so the veil I haven't fully watched yet because I when I, when I'm live tweeting, my thumbs are bleeding. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. there is there is it is an absolute chaotic experience with the live tweet. There are so many fans, and I have this like um, issue which I'm going to have to start dealing with with social media, which is like unanswered. I, I hate not acknowledging people. Mm. I find it very disrespectful when people don't Good acknowledge luck with somebody that, the else. Fans. So I, the social media is probably the oh, I got a poor connection. Oh, we're here. We're here. You we, look great. You look great. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything everything's going great on our. Yeah, I have this thing where I want to answer. I want to answer everybody's questions, and so it's been. Um, something I, I forget what that where the where the question start at. We got cut off in the middle there. I said that what what was there ever something that um, oh you found funny that you couldn't be and you said I've not seen Winter and Veil vale yet. If they yes, cut anything, I haven't seen. Yes, yeah, wow, I really went on a tangent there. Sorry, you're good. Uh, That's um, what we do here. <laughs> but yeah, the, the moral of the story is I haven't seen the full movie. I have to sit down and watch it. I peaked up a few times while we were live tweeting, but there was so much activity and so many people saying so funny, so many funny and sweet things that I was just trying to accommodate the people who were there yeah, and, and yeah. I haven't fully watched the performance. You were- I will say there was one line that I was happy that I did hear come through, which is when I grab her arm and I take her to go dance and I've taken her hand and arm in various forms, at least seven times now at that point yeah. in the movie, which again is conversations. I'm grabbing your hand and now I'm grabbing your arm. I'm coming up with creative ways to do the same thing. I walk away and I say something like, 
get ready for the worst yeah, dance of your life or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I heard that. I was like, oh, they kept that. That's good. I like yeah. that. It's fun. Speaking of, you were talking about how much you enjoyed acting with the dad in this movie and Mistletoe Secret. You got I mean, these amazing Duffy. scenes with Patrick Duffy. That was just just incredible scenes in that movie with your conversation with Patrick Duffy. What is it like working with someone like Patrick Duffy? Just such a, a career. Is it just so much fun just getting to sit and talk with those, those people who have just been doing it forever and just hearing the, the stories and the words of wisdom that they're sharing with you? Yeah. I mean, Patrick is such a legend as a human being. He's literally the nicest guy in the world. Like he couldn't be more of a professional and more casual and more kind when he came in, he had these long scenes where he'd be, be talking and I would just get to sit there and watch him speak for five minutes. And it was very enjoyable to just be in that position. That was a lot of fun. And Lacey as well. Lacey's had a long, uh, very colorful, fun career. And so it was great. She, she's an incredibly sweet, open person and, and had fun stories to tell. And, uh, I mean, she did. What Mariah Carey directed a Hallmark movie, and yeah. she was in it. Did you guys we're, know this? Yeah, we oh, uh, we've, we, seen, we've it. seen it. We we're debating, and we've done that with Brennan of if she actually directed it or not, and we have different feelings on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, Tyler, let me ask you this: uh, the first couple movies, you're you're a clean shaven young buck, and in in these latter movies, you got the beard going. So, are, are you just a beard guy now? Are all, all your movies you can have a beard, or, or what's going on oh, there? Well. As soon as the beard appeared, um, the outpour of support <laughs> for my beard was strong. I, I Every comment I've ever received is how much people like the beard. I have yet to receive anything saying, shave your hideous face. Man. So that tells me that the beard is appreciated. Personally, um, I don't really care either way. It is nice not to shave, but... When you have a beard, you have to carefully quaff That's right. and maintain this. Yeah, you beard. didn't just wake and up and throw on a Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt this morning. No. no. A lot of no, work no, goes into that hours place. That's right. of preparation. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I've had to have the beard for different jobs. Like I, uh, the mistletoe I shot, Letterkenny right afterwards, and then um, Veil, same thing. As soon as we wrapped, I went straight to Letterkenny, and I have to have a beard in that. And then I'm going to be doing this um, Star Wars thing where I also need to grow the Star thing Wars thing. What well, was Star Wars thing? It's um, it's uh, not it's not it's not Disney. It's not a Star Wars thing per se. It's it's basically um, the short explanation for it is there's some incredibly incredibly talented people, some of which work on uh, the big Star Wars movies as well as other incredible movies like Blade Runner and every movie that we all love, um, and they are kind of getting together led by a guy named Ash Thorpe. Um, and uh, they're basically making what they want to see in the Star Wars universe, which is sort of like Sicario meets Star Wars. Whoa. Oh. So like Roger Deakins, like you, you said all those movies, he's the cinematographer for all those movies. He's yeah. involved? No, no, not okay. Robert Deakin. No, 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 no. Ash Thorpe is, is okay. he's a, he's a, a graphic designer who but, does all the titles yeah. and, and so all Dennis, these visual effects. Things. Dennis Villeneuve is like one of my favorite directors. And I, you said Sicario. Yes. And so I was just like, now my interest is completely peaked. I'm, I'm, yeah, Denis Villeneuve is amazing. So, like, you know, um, Ash works with Denis and all of these incredible directors on their movies because Ash is the top of his field. Um, but he's directing this and he's creating this um, with another gentleman named Olaf. And um, mm. they're both super, super talented. And they're and having guys snowman? like. Snowman? 
<laughs> no, not the snowman. <laughs> he's incredible. First time he's, I guarantee you Olaf's never heard that joke either. I'm not getting sick of that bad know. boy. Wait, listen, what do you want for that guy? I'm sorry. I threw out Roger Deakins and Villeneuve, and you're throwing out Olaf the snowman. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Josh hey, Gad's great. Can we can we pivot to Vale? Are we there? Let's yet? let's pivot to Vale. I the really the only question we have a segment on our show called What the Hallmark. It's when we kind of talk about the questions that we still have. Lots of times they, people in these movies just say things and then keep going. And we have questions about that. Yeah. yeah. There's one big thing in this movie that just rocked our world. And it's the fact that Lacey's character <laughs> once planned and threw a retirement party at Dodger stadium, Dodger stadium, Tyler. Um, yeah. and so I, <laughs> it's a small venue. Yeah. yeah. And so, I, I like to think of you as a guy, you become your character, <laughs> You are invested. You know the story. You know the world in which they live in. And so I know you know the details behind this party. And I need to know, whose retirement party is thrown at Dodger Stadium? Stadium. Somebody important, I would imagine. Let's go with Elon Musk. He wanted to retire with 40,000 of his closest friends there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh... Tyler, what filming in Vail? It seemed like they shut the town down, and there was like four people in Vail. What, what's going on there? Like, is did did they like? It just seemed like no one was in Vail. It seemed like you had the place to yourself. Like, how did that work? Well, you're not wrong. Um, for some reason, when we were there, it was very quiet. I was shocked when we were in Vail too. I was like, why is there nobody here? It's not ski season, and it was. Um, Sort of, there was a bunch of shooting we did during Thanksgiving uh, weekend, and so I think a lot of people were not up there for those two reasons: that it wasn't ski season, and um, uh, because of Thanksgiving, it was kind of really nice and quiet, which which was very fun for me personally. I got to sort of enjoy the town to myself. Nice. There's uh, this really fun scene where you guys go uh, tubing, and you get we get a lot of fun shots of you guys tubing. How many times did you have to tube? Uh, there's like a like as far as angles, it go looks like home, a handheld. There's they're a handheld, actually following you spinning yeah, down the hill. Is it, that it accurate? It seems as if it was shot a few different times. How many times did you have to tube down that hill? I think we did it like five times. Lacey was terrified the first time. She was more <laughs> terrifying of skiing on the lake, which was um, a very unique fear to have because she was scared to go through the ice. But um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the tubing we did, yeah, maybe like five times total. It. it we did it, you know, once with the sort of there was a snowmobile with a camera mounted that went down with us. And then we got the sort of little GoPro out. And it was like me and the DP holding hands going down together as if she's Lacey. <laughs> and then that turned into why don't we all just combine our three tubes and go down the three of us. So then me and Lacey could be together and our DP um Neil could use the camera and film it. So it kind of just got more elaborate as we went because we all just wanted to keep going down that hill. The, uh, this is the really the only reason you're on this next question, Tyler. You mm-hmm. seem wonderful, but this is we had to get to the bottom yeah, of this. This is important. The hot chocolate. Oh. Yeah. That, that looked phenomenal. Was that was that the real deal? Did you actually get to like? Because that's a real drink in Vail. We 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 did the research. We found out. Yeah. Did you actually get to drink that drink in Vail, or are you just drinking a prop drink? Are you one of these no, guys? It, okay. It it was that delicious. It was that elaborate, that delicious. That was the first day of shooting that we did. Oh. And uh, I think that was the first shot, first scene that we oh. did in the entire movie. And yeah, them drizzling in. And when you drink it, like they're, they're like, it wasn't the, I guess it was the it was a little, like chocolate balls or something. Yeah. They're like crunchy. There's something crunchy that was happening. Oh, and me and uh, 
me and Lacey, yeah, those are very real reactions. We're like, this is ridiculous. Is that the best thing you've had on set, like while filming a movie? Yeah, I would say that was definitely the best thing. The strudel was pretty good. We ate a lot of it, but the uh, the hot chocolate was something else. It was like a little piece of art in your mouth. Wow. Strudel. So strudel. if I have a chance to get some, I should definitely go on my way to get some. I think you should get on a plane, fly all the way to, to Vail, yeah, drink bu- that hot chocolate, and fly are back. Are you going to join us Here's with the that? thing is we could probably cover the flight and credit card points. If you want to hit the get the hotel for us, Tyler, I think we're, we're Let's in. go. I got the hotel. <laughs> I know exactly the hotel to stay at. We can do this, boys. I love it. <laughs> I, I have an idea. I have an idea. It's a, it's a new podcast we're launching where we just go to different places around the country with Tyler and, and eat food and, and talk yeah. about it. Dude. What we should actually do is at the end of these movies, we should travel to those movies and eat all the things that they ate. Oh, that man. Would be the I love this show. guy. Dude, this... I could not be more in. Tyler gets oh, it. Man. He gets it. Man, yeah. we probably just became I mean, best friends. <laughs> tra- travel show, food show, Hallmark show. I, mean, I, mean, I think oh you guys God. are Come checking on. a few hey, boxes hey, there. Hey, Bill, you listening? Come on, Bill. You listening? Hey, <laughs> you, and you could bring along. Do you, how often do you talk to Andrew and Brennan? Like just ballpark it. Uh, well, I talked to Andrew like uh, 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 like a week ago. He just had a baby. Yeah. Um, so all of you know his family, uh, my sort of extended family, were all with them in L.A. And so I spoke to him and then Brennan. I think he texted me the other day. Because um, you guys, you, know, he, he, you and Brennan were both in a movie with Lacey on this weekend, right? Like this past yeah. weekend. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah. Both of our movies aired back to back. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. <laughs> it was a big weekend. Yeah, we could weekend. get all of them in to just try different food and that's stuff. Exactly. I love it. I well, dude, I mean, that's that's the show idea right I there. Love it. You know, you you take out the actors from their movies. Maybe they take you and show you what they ate during the shooting of the movie. It's a travel show. It's a food show. And you bring the Tyler, stars from Hallmark pitching. and you go do that. We're in. You have us at hello, man. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> You're, you know, man, I mean, you don't look great, but we'll bring up the handsome factor a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we we also all have fan uh, social media about our shirts. It's oh yeah, for sure. yeah, 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 Everybody has one. Dan shirts. Dan that's shirts. A, that's an account for sure. <laughs> um, do we want to do rapid fire? Yeah, rapid fire to close rapid it if fire. you've got the time. That would be great. We each get to ask hey, you. Hold on, guys. Before we keep going, is this clear enough? Yeah, oh, you you're clear. Clear. It's, it's great. It's way okay, better. Cool. Yeah, 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 it's way better. Wi-Fi. It's who cares anymore? <laughs> Cellular is right. the weight of the future. It's the weight of the future. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's the weight of the future. Because you don't have to wait because oh of how clear to stop it. Uh, we each get to ask you three questions, um, and you have to answer them as quickly as you can. Uh, we uh, we did a coin toss backstage to yeah. decide who gets to go first. Panda does get to go first. Okay. So, Panda, kick us off with your first rapid-fire question. Uh, best skateboarding trick you can do? Uh, I can do big, terrifying things. For some reason, I don't have a problem doing that. It's intricate, um, difficult things that I have trouble doing. Really? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, your dream director to work for? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. There it is. What is uh, some if if uh, you have uh, someone coming over and it's a big night and you want to make them from some food, some dinner? What is the the Tyler Hines go to? I'm making this food and it's going to be great. I make sweet potato, uh, like mashed potatoes and uh, chicken or steak and some veggies, broccoli. Is it a grilled situation or is this isn't a, this is just a follow up? Is it a grilled situation or oven or what do you do? Uh, all grilled. All grilled. Uh, well, I mean the bo- the the sweet potatoes right, would right, be boiled right, right, right. and then mashed, and then the the, the chicken would be on the, like on the you, grill. Yeah. You know, way your way around the kitchen. I got a few moves. That's one of them. That's probably the go to. Um, and I make good pancakes. That's I got you. Mm. Nice. 
Uh, best restaurant you've ever eaten at? Uh, my favorite restaurant, um, one of them just closed. It's a whole an old diner here in Toronto called The Tulip. Devastating. I've been going there since I was a, a child eating cheap spaghetti. And then the other one I go to is Square Boys, which is in Toronto. It's a Greek, again, uh, diner, very cheap. They're all Greek. And for some reason, the um, guy who's always working there uh, always verbally assaults me, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Best insult from the Square Boys guy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, be, uh, most expensive drink you've ever purchased or consumed? I'm not like a fancy kind of guy. Whenever I see expensive wines and things, I think, is the taste really that valuable? Um, so I did have the other day, this shows you how much I don't spend that much money on alcohol. I had aged Greek um, liquor, and I think it was like eighteen dollars for a small glass. I know wow. it's pathetic, but was that down? Was that down at the Square Boys? Or <laughs> no, that was at a different place called Mamakas, which is another Greek restaurant. I love. You're a big food. Greek food fan. I love Greek food. Mm. Uh, are you, uh, quickly? Are you a Raptors fan? Uh, I am a full blown. Um, what do they call them? Like a bandwagon fan? Yeah, I'll yeah. just jump on when they're popular. Yeah, like I wasn't sitting here going to games, but when they were winning, I, I enjoy. I don't like. I'm not a big sports guy. I've been a skateboarder. It's like a solo sport. Um, I just enjoy. I don't know, like the story side of it. So like when the Raptors are coming from nowhere and everybody's like, there's no chance they're going to win. And Kawhi Leonard is this weird, quiet guy who laughs really awkwardly. (laughs) I tune in for that. Yes. I love it. I love the story aspect of it. So when the Raptors were doing that, I was fascinated by their rise. Uh, Which of the Tony Hawks is the best video game? One, two or three. (laughs) That's a great question. They're all terrible. The best skateboarding oh. game is is skate. Skate is like wow. EA what? skate or whatever it is. It's yeah. on like Xbox and stuff. Yeah. It's the closest to being accurate. Really? Uh, Tony Hawk was like you press the, X and that's a kickflip that doesn't make sense. What's your what's your soundtrack for your skating? That's not my question, by the way. Sound, soundtrack was strong for sure. Definitely when I was a kid, it was we we, we had those um playlists downloaded. Yeah, you did. A lot of ska and punk. You 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 get into it. Uh, punk, punk music, Scott Les. Punk music was huge in my school. My my school was entirely in. Uh, either you're in, in the most hick person you've ever seen in your life, or you were like you know black hair, uh, studded everything, metalhead punk music. It was one or the other. Wow, that's a tough dividing line there. Mm. Um, we all got along though, bizarrely. And wow. I was somewhere in the middle. I'm a hick, and and uh, you could do letter Kenny. You can also go skateboarding. That's Canada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Canada. Exactly. Uh, all right. So if Bill and Michelle are listening, Bill listens to every episode. I don't want to put any pressure on you. Uh, <laughs> the the hallmark the hallmark starlet that you would most like to work with in a future movie. Um. A friend of mine named Elizabeth Moss, um, who's from Handmaid's Tale, I yeah. think recently said that she wanted to do a Hallmark movie, and I oh, think wow. that would be very fun. From Mad Men. But I've been very, I've been very lucky in, in um, everybody that I've worked with. I've loved every single one of them, and um, I think they've all been very talented. And, uh, yeah, I think I've been – I don't even know that there is anybody else. I, I, this, that, is, uh, this is the first, very lucky. first time in our hour with Tyler – that he's given a political answer. And you know what? You're entitled to it. 
That's a nice job. I mean that though. They've all been really, really, really good. Yes, you know some of them. Elizabeth you know, Moss have... is a great answer. I would love to see Elizabeth Moss on a. Oh on yeah, a, that'd be uh, awesome. That'd be unreal. Um, you get the chance to pitch a Hallmark movie to yeah. to the team. Um, I don't really want to know what it's about, but how are you incorporating your friends from Deck the Hallmark? to be a part what of. what specific extras would we yeah, play what in would the we movie, what Tyler? would we be in that that movie that's a good question Thank well you. me me and Lacey were talking about um like shooting something in greece like if there could be like one of these travel ones that, like a destination movie where it takes place in greece and you guys could be um <laughs> I want you guys to be bad guys because I think that's going to be Could more we fun be and like dynamic. The, the Square Boys owners in Greece, and <laughs> we just make we just fun of you, you the entire yeah. time. That would be great. What it could be is like if 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 she has like if she's the local and I'm the tourist, and then she has like a Greek restaurant or a Greek bakery because those are big there, and it's in a bit of trouble. And you guys are the rival bakery, yeah. the new bakery, who yeah. is like more popular That's and right. more cutting edge. Yeah. And you guys are putting her out of business. Yes. I no, he gets it. Yeah, and that sounds it. like more of a speaking role, which we're fine with as well. I mean, we can even <laughs> we'll, I mean, we'll, yeah, get, sure. paid. we'll get paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys get, get paid to talk as it is. Of course That's you got to right. speak. That's mm. true. Uh, we did it. We did we it. Did Tyler, it. I can't, you're a gentleman and a scholar, sir. Thank you so much for giving of your time to us and spending like over an hour with us. So God bless you, man. Anytime, all the time, boys. This has really been a lot of fun. How can people uh, follow you and all of your fan accounts on the social media? Where, 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 where do they find you? Tyler's T-shirts, I think it's Tyler's shirts or something. Um, I should pull that up. We should we should plug that for sure. I'll plug you, it. You, you, you tell us about you. I'll figure it out. Okay. Mine is simple. Tyler underscore Hines. I think that's the same for Twitter as it is for Instagram. And then I think Facebook is just Tyler Hines. I think i don't really use facebook too much but um, let's give Instagram the let's Instagram. give the tyler it's, shirt it's people. at heinz shirts at heinz shirts and the the title is tyler heinz's shirts with a with a double it's s at heinz shirts at heinz shirts h-y-n-e-s-s-h-i-r-t-s at heinz shirts we're proud to support the work of tyler heinz whenever he's filming we have his back we'd like to thank hallmark channel oh, and I the heinies um, let's he, give let's give Heinz shirt like a like a, a pinned uh, tweet video. So like welcome people, <laughs> let's welcome people to the Heinz shirt Twitter account. Do I do I have to do that? Yeah, no, you do it, yeah, yeah. You're not getting paid right, anything. Right Just hey, welcome to Tyler Heinz's shirts. Thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoy my shirt. Something like that in action. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Tyler Heinz's shirts. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy my shirts. They smell like me. <laughs> Great. Man, That's they're going to love that. They're going to love fantastic. it. fantastic. They're going to love it. Made a lot of people happy today. <laughs> it made me happy that we did that. And I don't know them at all. And I just think it's a treat. Uh, Tyler, thank you. This was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and I know that this just happened. And so it's, it's going to sound a little crazy. But we always we send this in the podcast the same way. So just go with us so on just this. Just go with us. May we be the first to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast presented by Friendly TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthehallmark.com.